Good morning. Welcome to worship at First Presbyterian Church of Columbus, Georgia. We're glad that you're here to join us as we worship God by offering our prayers and singing songs and listening to scripture. Please come in with us that we may worship God together. First reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew in the 16th chapter. Let us listen that we may hear what God may say. Then Jesus told his disciples, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is to come with angels in glory of his Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. The word of the Lord. From Philippians 2, this is often or sometimes referred to as a part of Scripture that began as one of the early hymns uh, sung by the believers in the early years of the church. Let the same mind be in you that was in Jesus Christ, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has also exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. A seal is an emblem that has various symbols in it that convey a meaning. We have symbols that teach us and point to things in our life all the time. And when you combine several of them together, you can create a a marker for who you are and what you are and what your organization or even what you as an individual hold is important. For the next several weeks, we'll be focusing on, in the sermons, we'll be focusing on um, a combination of symbols that have been put together in the seal of our denomination, our Presbyterian Church USA, and that is on the front cover that you see before you. And today, we're going to focus on the cross, the cross as a seal, as part of that symbol and what that means to us. Early on, Christians used a variety of symbols to denote their allegiance to Jesus. Their faith was not approved by the powers that be, 
So they found different ways to communicate them. One was the symbol of a fish. We still see that today. People use the fish as a sign for Jesus. Sometimes they would use the sign of a dove or a lyre or even an anchor for our faith in Jesus and God through Jesus is an anchor in our lives. Gradually, though, those faded away. And the one that began early on but continued to be used was the cross, the symbol of the cross. In Roman times, the cross was a means of execution. It was a horrifying and, and agonizing death, a form in essence of capital punishment. But the reason that the Christians remembered the cross was not because of how the, the death occurred, but because the cross was empty. There was no person on the cross. It was simply a simple cross, and to, to, a victory had been won over death with that cross. Early on, Justin Martyr, who lived 120 or so years after the life of Jesus, Justin Martyr observed that the shape of a cross appears in a lot of different places. He said you can see a cross in the, the mast of ships where the sail was being hung. You could see a cross in tools and implements like an axe or a plow. There would be places where there would be the perpendicular and the horizontal would meet each other. And the shape of a cross was even on the standards of the Roman legion, which at that time was the Roman Empire did, did not tolerate Christianity. But even in that, even on those Roman soldiers' banners, there was the shape of a cross. After Constantine made Christianity acceptable and recognized the, the symbol of the cross came to dominate all the other symbols, and many of them became frequently less used and maybe moved into obscurity. The cross remains today the dominant symbol of the Christian faith. It is how you denote where a Christian church is. There is a cross somewhere in it, usually. There are whole lots of variations on styles of crosses. There's a whole um, catalog that, that uh, can be gone into, and it's, it's very interesting and to see how all those work. Unfortunately, the cross has also been misused in different ways at different times. Some might even say perverted. The Ku Klux Klan would take to burning crosses, not as a way of demonstrating God's grace and God's love and God's power in the world, but for the purpose of intimidation. More recently, so-called white power groups have taken a, a part of the one of the elements of the cross, the Celtic cross, and some of them have adopted variations on that. We need to realize that the cross is not about affirming uh, matters like that. The cross is about proclaiming the mystery of God in the world, the power of life in Jesus Christ. There are three important aspects 
of how we can understand who God is and what God means to us as followers of Jesus through the cross. First, the cross is a symbol of God's love. The second is the cross is a symbol of our own discipleship. And finally, the cross is a way for us to remember that we have a vocation as Christians in following Jesus. God's love for the world is seen in the life of Jesus. When Jesus was born, he was proclaimed Emmanuel. That was a, a label from the Old Testament, meaning God is with us. God is with us. God put on flesh to be human, to be one of us, to experience life and death. In the Greek and Roman pantheon with Apollo and Zeus and all of those uh, characters, the gods had flesh attributed to them, and they put on flesh in that sense, but they were there in some ways not to interact with humanity, but to toy with us. God and Jesus doesn't toy with us. God and Jesus is one of us. God and Jesus is a way of understanding that. And as Philippians said, Jesus accepted the human form to death, even death on the cross, the way of opening to new life. The word that we use to express this, this hope that is given to us is love. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And John 3.17 continues by saying, God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world. God sent the son into the world so that the world might be saved through him. Those words, those, those messages are powerful and we need to hold on to them. God sent the Son into the world so that we might be saved through the cross and through Jesus. This is love. This is love. Love is something that we encounter as we live. We know that life can be pretty messy. There are plenty of occasions when things don't go well for us, and they may, be the they may be caused by other people and other circumstances. There are other times in our lives when we're really honest, if we are really honest with ourselves, that things don't go well for us because of decisions we've made. Just saying. Things didn't work out. There were bad choices. There, were, there was pain. Regardless of how that pain occurs, God's love is present to share with us through other people, but also through Jesus, through God's care and extension of love in Jesus, we are transformed and we are lived. We, found, we find the power to live where there is love there is God. The second point is that the cross is a symbol of our Christian discipleship. 
as the gospel reading said, we are to take up our cross and to follow. And we often use that language of taking up a cross as, as if it were a burden. Undoubtedly, there are burdens that we bear in life. There are things that we encounter that are difficult and that are painful. The burden that we bear, though, with the cross is also not simply a travail, but it is also a way of finding hope. Many of us may have used in the past uh, the, the practice of giving up something during the season of Lent, chocolate or desserts or something like that. Uh, there's a friend of mine who would always say something like, well, I'm giving up giving up for Lent. Yeah. The point is, it's not about what you give up. The point is, the giving up was to be some part of a reflection of what it meant for Jesus to take on that cross and to give up, literally, to give up his life. What can we do in response to such a great gift? What can we do in response to someone who would give their life for us? On this Memorial Day weekend, we can think about that with those circumstances and people who, who may have, who definitely have given up their lives in defense of their country. We honor them and we are moved by them. The words of the hymn, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross, come to mind, the last verse, which we will sing in a few minutes. Were the whole realm of nature mine, that were a treasure far too small. Love so amazing, love so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Love that demands that of us, that is so great, that is so powerful, it compels us into our walk of faith and disciples, and discipleship. Finally, the cross is a symbol of a vocation. A vocation meaning that something that we do, we, we find our, our call in. The term Christian vocation is often used to describe a call to being in ministry of some form or another, a minister, a pastor, a missionary, an educator, a church musician, something like that. Our, our Roman Catholic brothers and sisters even call their orders the religious, meaning that these individuals have answered God's call and they, they go out and they serve in different ways. But you don't have to be that, you don't have to do that to be committed to following in your vocation as a Christian. To be a Christian is to have a vocation. It is to follow Jesus, and that is a way of understanding that we are following in the way of the cross. The theologian Frederick Buechner observed that the place that God calls you is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. The place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. Justin Martyr was right. There are crosses all around us that we see. When you walk out this door, to, out this, this 
room today, or walk out many rooms, you will see in the paneling of the door crosses that are there. There are intersections where one, the perpendicular and the horizontal come together. We find our fulfillment where our passion, our desires, our talents are connected to the world that is around us, where the things that give us joy and gladness and hope and love intersect with the people and the circumstances of need, not just physical need, but emotional and spiritual need as well. And that is a vocation. That is a vocation that we accept in our being part of the church, being part of this church or being part of any church. It is there. And it doesn't have to be something that you do where you make your living. A vocation may involve that, but it also can be other ways. It may be working with the youth group in church or in the community. It may be coaching a, a ball team in a league. It may be um, delivering meals to the homebound. It may be singing in a choir. It can be any number of things. It doesn't have to be professional in the sense that we derive income from it. It has to be where our passion, our gladness, our talents are being able to be used in the everyday transactions of life. Sometimes our faith even leads us beyond the church into the world. Efforts like World Vision or Habitat for Humanity are places where people take their faith and join with others and use something for God's kingdom and God's rule and God's work in the world. It doesn't have to be simply in one place doing one thing. It is, in fact, where our collective gladness meets the world's deep hunger. So the cross is a way for us to remember that when we look at it, we see the power of God and the power of God's love. And we see the call that we have to follow Jesus. And we see that the doorway of service is not only for what is to be now, but it will be for all the things that are to come. We give thanks, we give praise, we give honor to God. Amen.